The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. It is Scoop Podcast episode 82 being taped on Thursday late afternoon, the 29th of June. We will make this NBA-centric with free agency beginning 11.01 Central on Friday night, right into July 1st. We will get to George Carl. Think about all the free agents that George Carl has coached in his career. Iguodala, Gay, McLemore, Collison, Gallinari, Aflalo. There are others. So we will pick the brain of one of our podcast favorites, George Carl, one of the all-time winningest coaches in NBA history. We have a conversation with Wolves GM Scott Layden. We talk with Mike Muscala, Roseville's own. He's an unrestricted free agent. We'll be curious to see if he lands back in Atlanta or elsewhere. Also a conversation with Wolves rookie. I can't say Wolves draft pick. Technically, he was Chicago's draft pick, traded to the Wolves, Justin Patton from Creighton. But first, some love for the sponsor of the Scoop Podcast, It is Vine Park Brewery, right off West 7th Street in downtown St. Paul, not far from the XL Energy Center. On Twitter, at Vine underscore Park underscore Brew. The plan right now is on Monday, July 10th. Monday, July 10th, early evening, to tape a scoop podcast at Vine Park Brewery. Vine Park is the only brewery in the Midwest where you can brew your own beer and get this. This is the key part. Make your own wine on Vine Park's equipment with Vine Park's help. Vine Park has been the fun place to brew your own beer and make your own wines since 1995. Brew your own beer or wine. You take it home in 22-ounce bottles. It's perfect for gifts, perfect for sharing. They have custom labels, perfect for parties, corporate events, you name it. All sorts of flavors, too, on the beer side. Pale ales, IPAs, brown ales, porters, stouts, lagers, pilsners, box, and wheats. The right recipe is at Vine Park, all for you. Reserve online or call 651-228-1355 because they have brew party nights all summer. So if you want to be a part of one of the brew party nights, reserve online or call 651 651- Two two eight one three five five. Again, the website vinepark.com. All right, let's start with Wolves GM Scott Layden. Talk to him after the Jimmy Butler news conference at the Mall of America on Thursday. Scott, in all your years in the NBA, I mean, it's a lengthy track record. You've been involved in many, many transactions. Where does the magnitude of this transaction rank? Well, I, I, I always try to steer away from, like, com- comparisons. But the one thing I'll say is that... Um, to get a player like Jimmy Butler in in the prime of his career is, is something special. Um, the uh, the opportunity to get a player as tough as he is, as hardworking as he is, his leadership qualities, um, his his uh, ability to make others better. You know, you look at it. You, you you know, you watch the tape or you see him play live, and you know that uh, his unselfish play is going to affect the team. And from the wing position, that that's even more impressive. And so, uh, I'm I'm excited to see how that part of his game will be contagious to the rest of the team. And then uh, also his uh, his defensive uh, abilities and what that will do uh, to the rest of the team because that uh, it can be contagious as well. And so, uh, and then the the. Uh, him being uh, reunited with his coach is—it's a great story. It really is, and so I think, I think the uh, the city and the state have embraced that, and they—I and they, uh, think everybody feels that. How good of a fit is he next to Andrew? How will they coexist? I, I think they'll be great together. I think uh, they're both uh, uh, special players. Um, they both uh, are uh, going to be uh, outstanding. Uh, uh, wing players, you know, in, in the NBA now, you know, the wings are such a <clears throat> such a uh, uh, prominent part of uh, of basketball. So we're fortunate we have two two great guys and uh, both high character guys. So that that adds to it. And I think uh, it'd be interesting to see what what Coach Tibbs has up his sleeve as far as uh, using those guys and how to, how they uh, work together. I, I'm I'm excited to see that myself. So uh, I think it's I think it's going to be great. How about the synergy then with the point guard with Ricky Rubio? Yep. Are there spacing issues or are all three of them a good fit together? Well, I think this is that um, the one of the things that Ricky will bring uh, to the group will be will be his passing. Uh, obviously, his knowledge of the game. That's that's the other thing that will be uh, intriguing to see Ricky and and Jimmy 
uh, with their their high basketball IQs and and the way they'll they'll uh, work together and, and move the basketball. And we we know like just watching. Uh, the playoffs that that ball movement and uh, sharing the basketball is is critical to success. So I think Ricky has has done that his whole career. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see him uh, bounce off of his second half of last year because he really was he, he was amazing in that second half. Talking to Glenn Taylor the other day, he said, "Hey, there were many teams in with Chicago on Jimmy." Was there ever a pause? Were you wondering, hey, Jimmy may end up, you know, whether it's Boston somewhere else, that maybe we won't get him? Or did you always feel confident about the conversations you had with Chicago? Well, I, well, I, I think um, I, I'm not sure how you, how you handicap, you know, the pre-trade because there's so much um, uh, banter back and forth. There's so many conversations. Uh, and, you know, in reality, if, you took, if we took all the conversations – that were had, you know, thousands and thousands of conversations, and then really a few trades that are made. You, you say, are we ever going to make a trade? And so uh, we, we just felt fortunate that it that it came through. Um, I, I remember years ago we were uh, we were trying to uh, get a, a player to add to the Jazz team. We had we had um, uh, uh, Stockton and Malone trying to get the third player, and uh, we. Uh, you know, we were talking back and forth with Philadelphia about Jeff Hornacek, and uh, it, you know, it looked like it was for not. And then five minutes before the deadline, Philly calls up and said, "We'll do the deal." So we were we were excited. So to get it done, to get it done before the draft was uh, was our, our good fortune. And and the other thing too is you have to give up good players. We gave up two very good young players, and they're they're good guys. You know, uh, Zach and Chris. Hard workers and and we want them to do well. We want Chicago to do well. We you always want a win-win in in uh, trades. Are you a five-hour energy guy, a coffee guy? I mean, how late of a night will it be tomorrow night? Uh, I am uh, a coffee guy. Yeah, but we're just gonna. It, it's it's uh, we're gonna just keep working and and you know as as coach said, get better every day. And it's 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 true. That's all we can do. And uh, we're uh, you know we 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 always like look for opportunities to make the team better that's what that's our job and so uh, you know whether it's uh, via trade uh, draft picks what have you that's that's our mission I'll leave you with this I mean how about in general terms positions of need I mean are you guys looking for another four man a backup point guard what are you looking for that's a good question I, I think that uh, when you look at our roster we we have we have a lot of needs and we're going to try to fill fill holes and and just work right right through to get get that done I, I think you know when you look at um, uh, coach Thibodeau we, we need to uh, look for players that will fit his system and fit his style and we need we need tough guys we need intelligent guys we need guys that are going to be committed you know we're talking about mental toughness and and the profile of, of Jimmy Butler but we also need shooting and we need guys that are uh, you know going to going to get better you know uh, uh, shooting is a skill that can be developed we've got we've got a, a really really good coaching staff our our person our uh, player development staff is excellent and so we just if, if we get players in there that are willing to work they'll get better speaking of guys who fit Tibbs system I'll give you a couple names at least a couple names of guys on the Wolves free agent radar in just a second but because of time limitations because I need to get out of the office and go pick up the three-year-old from daycare get to the six-year-old's little league game coaching the Little League team tonight in Golden Valley. We will get to George Carl right now, one of the all-time winningest coaches in NBA history. He knows a lot of the free agents available. We'll get the national perspective on the Butler trade, what should be next for the Wolves, and all the guys that he is aware of. Here is George Carl. Coach, first off, how is life? We always enjoy our conversations with you. My life is easy. You know, I just got back from Hawaii. I went to Hawaii and took uh, my older son and my young daughter and and Don Nelson got us a house on the beach and hung out with Nelly for a couple of days playing some golf and enjoying Maui. And uh, I think my next excursion is probably down to Vegas and then got a trip to um, my favorite place in the world, McCall, Idaho, in August. And my, my, my whole life's about vacations. I mean, that's not a bad thing. I mean, how much are you paying attention then to the landscape of the NBA, all this stuff that's happened in the last handful of days? You know, I'm a fan. So, you know, when I'm around basketball fans, I played golf yesterday with some basketball guys, and we talked about it for three hours, you know, and uh, I still love the game. I, I, missed the, I missed the gym, and 
but I really think Golden State is substantially ahead of the curve. And, I mean, we can all philosophize and try to catch him, but you're not going to probably catch him in one week. You're going to probably catch him in two or three years. And you're going to have to make good decisions and good moves and build your team with some intelligence and also hopefully with some good guidance. And, uh, but, you know, I, I think, you know, I think the, the league understands it. You know, when Kevin Durant went to probably the most talented roster, it, it made it a roster that separated itself from from the rest of the league. And that doesn't mean they can't be beat. You know, an injury or a circumstance can, can beat them. But right now, Golden State, I think, is substantially uh, a better roster than most. And it'll be interesting if they, be, they can sustain their free agencies free agent players in the next coming couple, couple days. There's a couple guys that are supposedly rumored could could be plucked away from Golden State. And that's probably what you're going to get. You're going to get some of uh, you know, you're not only going to have to build the San Antonio's and the Cleveland's and the Boston's and now maybe Houston's, those teams that are close to being into that championship pedigree, not only do they got to make good decisions within their organization, can they pluck someone from Golden State or can, can someone come in and weaken Golden State by maybe signing and signing one of their their second tier free agents? One of those guys is a guy you know well. You coached him in Denver, Andre Iguodala. I fully expect Minnesota to be a number of teams that reaches out on Andre. I just wonder if ultimately Andre says, you know what, this is too good a situation. If the money is close, I'm going back to Golden State. What do you think? You know, I don't know what the what the percentage that you have to overpay somebody to get them out of a great situation. You know, I don't know. Is that one million dollars a year? Is that three million dollars a year? I don't. I have no idea. I have never been a big salary guy. I've never quite understood. You know, the the amount of money that we spend on what I call potential. <laughs> As with Igadala, I think it's really good. I think he'd be really good for Minnesota. He's a, I call him one of the best best role players in basketball. He can do almost anything on the basketball court. He does it as a good teammate. He can defend. He can play. He can play point guard. He can play four. He can be a you know he can he can he can be a facilitator at point forward, uh, and he can cover almost anybody on the court. So there's a, you know I think he, I actually think the type of player Iguodala is is where the league is going to go. I think you're going to see the NBA go to more players like Jimmy Butler and Iguodala, guys that play both ends of the court at a high level and can win games at both ends, not only win games by their numbers, but win games by doing the intangibles of the game of basketball. How enjoyable was it to coach Iguodala in Denver, and how much have you seen his game grow since that year in Denver? You know, we used Andre probably a little bit more as a scorer. You know, we wanted him to get – 10, you know, 12 to 18 points a game. And, you know, Golden State kind of has let that go by the wayside. He, he's totally kind of a – he feels the game out offensively with Golden State. But, you know, he, he's a he's a very smart basketball player and a very clever basketball player and a winning basketball player. Uh, but I enjoyed him because of his defense. I mean, it's really good to have one player on your team that in the fourth quarter you know you're going to be able to put him on someone and you're going to get as good a job as you need to get done. I mean, if you can't, you know, you'll, you'll be able to figure out how to build the other pieces of your defense to win the game. And Nigadala did that. He could cover point guards. He could cover big guys. You know, he could cover uh, he could cover pin downs or he could cover pick and rolls. You know, he has he has great talent to be cover almost any situation at the defensive end of the court. I mean, you've coached George a number of guys that are on the open market. I mean, Iguodala. Rudy Gay, Ben McLemore, Darren Collison, Danilo Gallinari, Aaron Aflalo. I'm leaving out a guy or two, I'm sure. Who's your favorite among that group? Uh, I mean, uh, I would probably say uh, Iguodala. I would probably (laughs) say if I, you know, if I had to build, take a good team and try to make it really good, Iguodala would be a top of my list. I think Darren Collison is a, a really good backup point guard that maybe, you know, he's in between a point guard and a starting point guard. Um, I like him a lot. I think he, he, he'd be a good addition to a lot of good basketball teams. Uh, 
Dal Nari, I think, you know, I didn't think he had a great year this year, and I think everybody's going to be a little worried about his injuries. But if he's healthy, he's a winning basketball player also, and he has the luxury to be able to play multiple positions also. He can play two, three, four. I haven't seen the defensive side of his game since his injury, but, you know, when I had him, I think I thought Gallo was a better than better than average, good good to decent, decent to good defender. Hmm, interesting. I mean, I just don't think that from afar, but you would know better than I. I mean, especially you being there in the Denver market, you watch him more than I do. But from afar, I never, I never have thought of him as much of a defensive guy. Well, you know, he's not a stopper, but he is a guy that understands the value of defense, and I think he respects that end of the court. And when he has to take on a LeBron, or he has to take on a Durant, or he has to take on one of those guys, it's not a, it's not with fear. It's done with. I said, okay, coach, I got it. I know that's my job tonight, and I'll, I'll, I'll take it on for you. On Macklemore, many of us thought he had a relatively high ceiling entering the draft. He hasn't come close to, to reaching that ceiling. Do you still see some potential in Ben Macklemore? You know, I think Ben is, you know, whatever you want to call it, he's kind of been surrounded by negativity in his career. He's never had that breakout even six-week period where all of a sudden you, you know he made a step forward and you could see him blossoming. He's kind of had an up-and-down radar screen. You know, he, he peaked for a while and then he had a bad one. He had three good ones and two bad ones. And it's, going, it's an up-and-down uh, radar screen for him. I still think he's, I think he's a quality NBA player that can play 20 minutes on a, on a good team. And he needs to find something. I think it's going to be good for him to get out of Sacramento. I think it'll be good for him to to get a new new space, a new security blanket, and a new new chance to to find his confidence and develop his game. And then, what about Rudy Gay? I mean, I suppose a bit of a question mark coming off such a serious injury. I'm a Rudy Gay fan, especially if he wants to play four. Uh, you know, I, I think I, I got Rudy at a stage where moving him to four was not his favorite topic. And so he got caught up into the evaluation of I'm a three and I really don't want to play four. But the truth of the matter is the game and his game is moving towards him being a four man in the NBA. And, you know, he can he can do almost everything on the basketball too, on the court also. You know what I, well, I like Rudy. Rudy's a pretty good rebounder. Not a great defender, but understands that end of the court. Can actually be a decent to good passer at times. Uh, I think most people look at Rudy as an offensive player or scoring player. But the the year and a half I had Rudy, I thought he was very efficient. Uh, you know, and you know, and and the injury. I don't know. I think Rudy will understand if he wants to have another three, four, or five years in this league, he's going to have to really get serious about not only this injury, but taking care of his body the rest of the way. When you first heard about the Jimmy Butler trade, now certainly the Wolves gave up some talent. If you're Chicago, if you're rebuilding, hey, why not take on Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, Laurie Markkinen? Not quite sure Chicago could have done much better. But when you first heard about that trade, did you say, okay, Tom Thibodeau won that trade? Yes. No question. I mean, uh, I think I think Coach Tibbs wanted in a lot of different ways. He wanted in the in the evaluation of skills and talent and getting the best player. But I also think I think Butler will help Tibbs get his confidence to his team better than he probably did this year. You know, I, the team actually was pretty good, and then he, they had bad fourth quarters. And it, I didn't see that mental toughness that a, a Coach Thibodeau team usually has. And I think getting Butler, who I think he and he and, and Tibbs have a good relationship, can maybe you know calm the storm a little bit of, of getting over that hump of how intense how intense Coach Tibbs wants his teams to be. And you know sometimes that takes time. And I definitely think I, I think Minnesota has now. You know, they put themselves in a position where, I mean, we talk about the big three. They got, you know, if with Butler and and uh, and the backcourt guy, I always keep forgetting his name. Yeah, Wiggins. Uh, Wiggins and and the big guy. They're all they're, they're all close to being all star players. Mm-hmm. And 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 Jimmy Butler is an all star player. So it'll be. I'm I'm really anxious to see where the the team blossoms because. They were close to erupting a little bit last year. It didn't happen. 
but uh, I know the intensity and passion that Coach Thibodeau brings to a basketball culture and a basketball organization. And this is definitely, you know, an uptick. This is a, this is a, this is exciting for not only probably the fans, but it's exciting. I think for, I mean, the team itself. I think it's going to be a positive uh, team experience also. From a coaching standpoint, George, what what sorts of challenges are there when Ricky Rubio is the point guard? Specifically with Butler, with Wiggins, do you think there are spacing issues? Uh, you know, there, there's no question that spacing is getting more and more important in almost every offense that we run in, that they run in the NBA now. And spacing in, in a quiet way has gotten to be more important than, evalu- than actually execution of plays. Uh, but there's ways of hiding hiding players and and, and putting him in position. Uh, I, I still think Rubio is a starting point guard in the NBA. I know a lot of people want to write him off, but I just love how he sees the game. I love how he makes defensive plays. I like his size. His confidence seemed like it clicked in a little bit the second half of last season. You know, I'm, I just think that, I just think you know, see how it works would be my my thought. My first thought is, hey, that might work. That might work, you know. You know, Rubio, make him, make him Rubio. I, I like. I don't want to give up on point guards that play the game as a point guard, because the game is changing now. Because most of our point guards want to score. I still like the old-fashioned point guard that wants to get ten to fifteen a game, and make everybody else feel good about the game. Now, George, there is some buzz here that Jimmy Butler is friends with Kyle Lowry, that he has interest in recruiting Kyle Lowry here. Let's say they can they can move Rubio to New York or Utah or you name the team, clear that cap space, the Rubio money, and chase a guy like Kyle Lowry or maybe a Drew Holiday or even a George Hill, maybe an upgrade at least offensively from Rubio. Would you do that or is, is there not enough basketball? Let's say it's Lowry. So you have Lowry, you have Wiggins, you have Butler, you have Towns. Do you think that could work or... I'm telling you, I mean, every guy would want the ball at the end of the game. Every guy would want to take 20 shots a game. Would that not work? I, you know, my, I'm a Bob Whitsitt guy. Bob Whitsitt was my GM in Seattle, and his whole philosophy in life, it was his job to bring me talent. It was his job mm-hmm. to bring me a, an athletic, good player. Or it was his job to go find a, a player that fit a weakness and then and to plug one of our weaknesses. And he didn't always he didn't always spend a lot of time on figuring out how it's going to work because that's the coach's job, and most of the time players want to win. I mean, I mean, I mean, I would say ninety nine percent of the time players want to win, and the more talent that you put on a team, the more the better chance you have of winning. It's like it's like in golf, you know. Do you want a five footer or you want a twenty five footer? You want the five footers. They're hard to make, but you still want the best chance to win. And the best chance in the NBA to win is bring is 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 bring a lot of talent to the table and then figure out how it fits. So I mean, the idea would be okay. Butler, all his years in the league, he wants to win. I mean, certainly Towns and Wiggins want to win, but the guys that have been around a Lowry, a Butler, that they likely would defer to each other at times. They would defer to the young guys. That that talent trumps all. Is that what you're saying? Well, as a coach. You know, it, it doesn't always work out perfectly, but it usually works out to where it can work. And then, you know, whatever, after 30 or 40 games, you might have to tinker a little bit. You might have to change something. You, you might have to actually make a trade. But all those players that you mentioned are big-time trade commodities. I mean, if you if you want to trade one of those guys, you're going to get something back in return. I mean, the trade that we made in Seattle a long time ago when we got good is we traded Derek McKee for Detlef Shrimp, and we traded Hersey Hawkins. For, I mean, we traded Kendall Gill for Hersey Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Well, Kendall Gill was a better player than Hersey Hawkins, but Hersey Hawkins was a better player for us than he than Kendall Gill. And so, I mean, it's you know, you, when you move up the ladder of having success. You don't have to overhaul your roster, but you do have to tinker. And then you also got to react to what players you lose and what players you can get in free agency. Of all the free agents, who's your favorite? And I get it. Some of it comes down to fit. But let's say you were starting a team from scratch. 
And you could have a Kyle Lowry, a Blake Griffin, a Paul Millsap. Go up and down the list of all the free agents available. Who's your favorite of that bunch? Well, I, you know, I think that, I think you got to have a, a, a point guard. Uh, and if you like Rubio or if you think – I mean, my feeling is don't give up on Rubio unless, as you said, you can upgrade it. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, if you can upgrade it, yeah, that makes sense. Just like any any sense, if you can upgrade any of those guys, you should do it. But I think from a standpoint, I mean, Rubio has been there a long time. There seems to be a little bit of a negative push on him that it's time to move on. But as I say about coaching all the time, when they fire a coach, the guy that fires the coach should be held responsible because he's got to bring a better coach in. And that's not always the case. And I think if you're going to move Rubio, whoever makes that decision, you make the decision based upon it's better, you get a better player. I mean, and, heck, if, uh, if I was Rubio, George, I'd be a little bugged. I mean, I feel like if I'm Rubio, I've been, I've been in trade talks for, I mean, seemingly three or four years. I mean, heck, it feels like you guys in Sacramento, even before you got there, that the Kings had interest in, in Rubio. The Flip Saunders tried to trade him to Phoenix for Eric Bledsoe. You know, then last trade deadline, the talk with the Knicks. Would he go to New York for Derrick Rose? I just, I think I would be a little upset if I were Ricky Rubio. And there is a point where, you know, the best thing is for everybody is we move on. And I don't know, you you, you live in that world more than I do, and, and that point could be there. Um, but usually, you know, when you got a guy that I think is a 25 to 35-minute NBA basketball player, I, want, I don't move those guys easily unless I know I'm getting something better. George, we'll leave you with this. How, how are book sales going? I have not even checked in, man. It's uh, you know the book is in the past, and uh, let's move on and look forward to a fun summer of free agency coming up here on tomorrow. Uh, I mean Saturday, and it'll it'll, it'll be rolling, rocking and rolling here for the next ten days. You know what? Actually, tell us some stories about free agency, like you know the clock strikes here in in Minneapolis, eleven oh one on Friday night, like, they're going to be active. Like, the phone rings or you're knocking on somebody's door. I mean, how crazy is that first 24 to 48 to 72 hours of free agency? You know, that's an interesting thing because, I, you know, I was always kind of the second guy. I wasn't the closer. You know, the closer was the GM or the owner. And I was always the second or third guy in on trying, unless I'm, I was recruiting a Tar Heel or, or some player that I had a good relationship with. Um, but I mean, I think the good teams in free agency have more than one plan. You know, they have plan A and you got to realize that plan A is done. You got to go to plan B and you can't get mad. It just happens. And then when plan B doesn't work out, have a plan C. And it seems like the people that have a, a, a plan and have kind of a, whatever, a 48 hour window on player X. Okay, he's done. We can't get him. Let's go to player Y. And the the teams that seemingly have a plan seemingly get more things done. And I think then you also got to realize that, you know, know, 10 years ago, very few teams had money to spend. Now, because of the new TV contract, almost everybody has money to spend. And so it's a little bit of a competitive world out there, even though the big markets – the established championship caliber basketball teams probably have an up, you know, a, a leg up on most teams. But I still think, you know, the the Denver's or you know the you know the San Antonio's or the you know the, the Dallas's, you know, they have the ability maybe to steal someone. And you know, it'll be interesting because uh, there, there's always one or two surprises, and it'll probably happen here pretty quick. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, specifically on Minnesota. I mean, my my indication is they have a plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I mean, they will have multiple people in their front office working the phone starting tomorrow night. They will reach out on a number of free agents. Here's a name I'd like to run by you. Taj Gibson has a history with Tibbs in Chicago. Are you a big Taj Gibson fan? I love him as a player. You know, I think with Taj, you're looking at, can, is he the piece that makes you get over the top? Mm-hmm. And I don't think you look at Taj as that type of player from a statistical or maybe even a skilled part. Taj is an intangible player. He has a big heart. He knows how to win games, and he's kind of an undersized four 
that and it doesn't it's not a stretch four. Like everybody in the league likes stretch fours now. Mm-hmm. You're kinda you know, you're kinda anti, but Taj Gibson is gonna play for someone and play very well next year. Now does he fit what Minnesota does you know, does Minnesota have that window? Does he fit the weakness maybe that Coach Tibbs is trying to fill? I mean, is there something to be said about you know, like, for example, is is playing hard a skill? Like, you know Taj will play hard. You know that during practice, if a Wiggins or another young player is somewhat dogging it, that Tibbs doesn't need to say anything. Taj will give that player a swift kick in the rear. Like, how much – how do you quantify that sort of value? Playing hard, leadership in practice, leadership in the locker room, and so on. I think it's the I think it's the second thing on the list of, of if I was a personnel guy if I was running a general if I was a general manager running a team <clears throat> I would have talent and then I'd have play hard and then I'd have playmaking and then I'd have shooting and then I have long and athletic those would be my priorities every 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 time but play hard is second on my list. Mm. I mean, you, you can't be untalented because play hard won't matter. But give me a play hard, athletic, talented player every day, and it it makes your team it makes your team three to five games better. Coach, thank you so much for your time. You're always gracious with your time. I will certainly be in touch in the near future. Have a good day. Have one. Bye bye. Always fun to catch up with one of the all time winningest coaches in NBA history. George Carl. Okay, on the Wolves, they will have plans A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Brian Pauga, Noah Kroom, Scott Layden, Tom Thibodeau, maybe others will be on the phone at 11.01 on Friday night. Among the guys they will reach out on, J.J. Redick. On J.J. Redick, I am told it is way more likely he lands elsewhere, though, that he will not end up in Minnesota. Is Derrick Rose on the Wolves' radar? Yes, my understanding is he's way more contingency plan. Let me go through some other names. Okay, guys, with a history with Tibbs, Taj Gibson. We just talked about Taj. With George Carl, Taj is on the Wolves' radar. Now, would they do 13 or $14 million a year for Taj? That remains to be seen, but I fully expect the Wolves on Friday night to reach out on Taj Gibson. Mike Dunleavy Jr. currently is under contract with Atlanta but they will end up setting him free. Mike Dunleavy Jr. has a history with Tibbs. He likes Tibbs. I'm told Mike Dunleavy Jr. is a big fan of Jimmy Butler, former teammate of Jimmy Butler. Mike Dunleavy Jr. has a doctor that's here in town. Mike Dunleavy Jr. very much has the Wolves on his radar. Kyle Korver is a shooter, so they're reaching out on Redick. They will reach out on Kyle Korver. He has a history with Tibbs. So, for example, if they find out early on, okay, J.J. Redick isn't coming to Minnesota, and again, I don't think Redick ends up here, you then go down the list. Okay, Kyle Korver. What will it take to get Kyle Korver here? Yes. Do I think Kyle Lowry is very much on the Wolves' radar? He is. Here is the issue on Lowry, and this could change very fast. I had an NBA source who's very much in the know, has some free agents on the Wolves' radar. He told me he hears that owner Glenn Taylor is reluctant to move Rubio, that Glenn Taylor, that Becky Taylor, think the world of Ricky, can't fault them, work ethic, fan favorite there's a lot of good things that ricky does you know he's been here for now what six years is he the longest tenured timberwolf i guess he would be after the nikola pekovich news the other day so i know that taylor is reluctant to move rubio do i think there's interest in the wolves front office in moving rubio absolutely they want to clear that cap space i think what the wolves front office needs to do is go to glenn with specifics when you're talking general terms to glenn hey glenn we'd like to move ricky to create salary cap space, Glenn is reluctant. When you go to Glenn and say, okay, we think we have Kyle Lowry, it's a done deal. Whether it's a sign and trade with Toronto or whatever the mechanics are there, if they go to Glenn Taylor and say, hey, we have Kyle Lowry or we have Drew Holiday or you name the free agent point guard, it's a done deal, but we have to move Rubio to Utah or to New York. Those are two teams with an interest in Rubio. Milwaukee has some interest in Rubio, but they would want to move some salary to the Wolves. The Wolves don't want to take on any salary. Toronto may have some interest in Rubio if they can't retain Kyle Lowry. Certainly, Toronto has some interest in retaining Kyle Lowry. New Orleans would have interest in Rubio if they can't retain Drew Holiday. So Rubio is a backup plan for a number of teams. But I think if you go to Glenn Taylor and say, we have Kyle Lowry lined up, but we need to trade Ricky Rubio – 
then maybe Glenn says, okay, we have a chance to acquire this great player. Let's do it. But keep an eye on that. I'm just telling you, ownership thinks the world of Ricky Rubio. But I continue to hear from league sources, the Wolves will aim high in free agency. It's very fluid. Certainly follow my Twitter feed, KSTP. For the latest, yes, Andre Iguodala is another free agent on the Wolves' radar, but I continue to hear from league people. In the end, he will end up back with the Warriors. On George Hill, I talked about this on the Mackey and Judd show the other day, by the way. I'll be on with Judd Zolgad and Mackey Friday morning, 10-15. So if you're listening to this podcast on Thursday night, Friday morning, 10-15, I'll be on with Mackey and Judd yet again for an update. Here's what I heard on George Hill. You know, guys talk in the NBA. So George has a number of friends who have played under Tom Thibodeau, whether here or in Chicago. George has heard about some of Tibbs' practice habits. He's not the biggest fan of being worked that hard in practice. Not convinced he wants to play for Tom Thibodeau, but if the Wolves blow George Hill away with an offer, it's not even close with any other team. Sure, I think money talks loudest. George would have some interest, but I am told more than likely we will hear Minnesota attached to George Hill, but it has more to do with leverage, trying to get more money elsewhere. You know, when offers are comparable, those are things you look at. Now, on Tibbs' practice habits, whether talking to Tyus Jones, Cole Aldrich, some other guys, I don't get the sense that Tibbs this last year ran practices quite the way he did in Chicago. I think the year away... You know, Tibbs sitting out doing some ESPN work, traveling around. I get the sense that Tibbs has relaxed a bit when it comes to his practice habits. So maybe that circles back to George Hill. I think George Hill's opinion is based on Tibbs' practice habits in Chicago. Again, I will update information on the Twitter feed, DWolfs and KSTP. But because I need to get to the three-year-old's daycare, go get the six-year-old from his camp, get ready for a Little League game, I will now play two conversations I had One with Justin Patton, one with Mike Muscala. Mike Muscala, unrestricted free agent. I do think the Hawks have a ton of interest in retaining him. His fiance is from Atlanta. He has interest in staying with the Hawks, but his agent, Sean Kennedy, will certainly listen. I don't get the sense right now the Wolves are in on Muscala, but he might be like a plan G or plan H. If they swing and miss on other guys, they circle back, they circle around, they have interest in Muscala. But right now it doesn't seem like... The Wolves have interest in Muscala. Let's start with Muscala, then we'll get to Patton. Caught up with Mike Muscala at his camp at Concordia St. Paul on Thursday afternoon. We started talking about the camp. He's done the camp for a number of years. A lot of kids show up for the camp. Mike is very hands-on. He takes part in drills. He talks to the kids. So Mike is great with the camp. Talk to him about the camp. Then we transitioned to free agency. Here's Mike Muscala. Then it'll be Justin Patton. Mike, safe to say, I mean, we've been here the last handful of summers. I see how engaged you are with the kids. Is it safe to say this is one of the highlights of your summer? Yeah, definitely. It takes a lot of planning, but I wouldn't rather do anything else. Uh, I'm proud of, you know, the work that we put in for it and the the kids, the work they've been doing these last two days and this final day on the third day. And got a great coaching staff, got a great help support system, too, with registration and everything. And it's cool to see how the camp's grown over the years, and I want to keep it going for sure. I mean, how much fun is it to work with kids? I mean, ideally, you play for another 12, 14, 15 years, but can you envision yourself after your playing career working with kids? Definitely, yeah. The, I tell the kids all the time the summertime is the time to get better, time to build you know, lasting relationships, get to know some kids. Um, and when I look back when I was growing up and, and playing the game, I learned a lot of the summer, and uh, I still have fond memories going to Timberwolves camp, um, going to 43 Hoops camp, Gusty camp, all those camps, you know, and I just wanted to try to give that back to the kids because, like I said, I had a really good time at those camps. The kids come up to you and ask you questions like that, like, hey, how did you get to the point that, that you are now? It's more along the lines of, will you dunk? Can you dunk? <laughs> That's pretty, you know, they really want to know that. But, no, there are some good questions, too. And um, we try to really emphasize, obviously, playing well, but playing the right way, being a good teammate, um, you know, picking up your teammates, uh, being supportive, being energetic. You know, they're on the court for six hours a day pretty much uh, for three days in a row, and that's a lot of court time. So we also try to emphasize to relax, take a break, take lunch, get a wa- get water too, and not, you know, kind of be all over the place and try to help them focus on what we're trying to teach them. 
This can't mean that much more to you that, that obviously our photog Charlie was with you a few weeks ago, being able to give some kids the opportunity to come here that maybe under normal circumstances couldn't be here giving out the scholarships? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something we hope to continue to do in the future. Uh, I went back to Edgerton. Yeah, uh, you guys helped cover that. And that was really cool for me to see. I hadn't been back in a long time. And to see those kids out here having fun. We also work with the Minnesota Energy AAU organization to get some more kids in here. And, um, you know, just overall, we have almost 60 kids this year, and that's double what we had last year um, and that's when we started doing it ourselves so it's, it's been really cool to see and we just want to make sure that even though we have more kids this year we still had more coaches and we had more coaches that I knew that you know I would know would give them a good experience because you know I can't spend time with all of them the whole time but if I knew that the people they're working with were good that was important to me too. Fun time in your personal life I mean unrestricted free agency did I also hear that, that you recently got engaged? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, my fiance's back there actually watching. So uh, she's been helping with the camp too. And uh, yeah, we got engaged about a month ago after she graduated from SCAD down in Atlanta. I mean, is the hope then with her ties to Atlanta that, that when free agency plays out here over the next 24, 48, 72 hours that, that ultimately you end up back in Atlanta? Yeah, I'd love to be back in Atlanta. You know, that's where I, where I was drafted and where I have spent the last three and a half, four years with them. So obviously, um, you know, I know the system very well. I know Coach Bud and, and the players and the assistants um, and the owners there. So, you know, I, I would love to be back. I love the city of Atlanta. I love the fans. Um, we just have to wait and see what happens. You be up late tomorrow night. Will you be by your phone waiting for you still have Sean Kennedy as your agent? Will you wait for that phone on to say, "Hey, we offer"? I suppose. I mean, it's my first experience going through it, so I'm just trying to have fun with it, really, not take it, you know, too seriously in a way. Like, obviously, I need to make the right decision, you know, for me and my family and stuff. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I've. I've gotten to this point, and I, there's nothing really more I can do at this point besides try to make the best decision I can with the information that's out there. So I trust Sean. He's been great to me. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit today, and then he'll kind of let me know, I guess, what to expect in the next 48 hours. I mean, do you feel like, though, that, that you're in a good spot, that the team should covet you? I mean, when you think about a, a stretch four, you know, you being able to shoot from the outside, I mean, that's a very valuable commodity right now. Yeah, stretch four and even stretch five is kind of a thing now, too, you know. And so I've been working on this summer, you know, trying to still use the time I have in the summer to get stronger and continue to shoot the ball. Because I think if you can defend your position and if you can rebound as a big man, then offensively, you know, the being able to space the floor is really valuable. Um, and being able to set good good screens to pop and to also dive and hit them open man and pass, you know, is really valuable, too. So, um you know, it's, it's, it's a good time for me to work on my game this summer, too, and that's why it's so cool seeing these kids here at summer camp. I'm, I'm lifting weights before camp early in the morning, and then I'm going to shoot after, too. So we're all just trying to get better. Um, and like, like I said, I'm excited for the free agency to try to have some fun with it. Excited to see where some of the other guys end up. I mean, it's a fun time for NBA fans, like somebody you're close with, Paul Millsap. Like, are you curious to see what happens with Paul? Absolutely, yeah. The, the, the Woj bombs definitely come through all the time, you know, and uh, um, – it's fun to see, and it's a good time for the NBA, for a lot of players in the NBA, um, and just the NBA in general, you know. Um, it's, it's cool to see. I'm happy for people, you know, who get good contracts, um, and I'm excited for them, and I root for them, too. So, um, you know, it's just a good time. Maybe with this, I mean, looking at Atlanta's roster, after trading Dwight, Paul's a free agent. doesn't look like Dunleavy Jr. will be back. You're a free agent. Didn't they just trade Ryan Kelly? Like, there's no four or fives on the roster. Yeah, you know, um, it's like I said, it's that time of the year, you know, where uh, teams are making changes. And um, like I said, I'd love to be back in Atlanta. And um, we just have to kind of wait and see. But in all those guys, uh, you know, we went to war with each other. I mean, we went to war for each other um, every game of the season uh, last year. So I know those guys well. I wish them the best. Um, and uh, kinda, like I said, just got to wait and see. I lied, actually, one more. I mean, being here in Minnesota, have you recognized a buzz with the Timberwolves, the team you grew up for, you know, rooting for, you know, with the Jimmy Butler News Conference and just this this energy and buzz around the Timberwolves? Absolutely, yeah. I got a lot of friends, obviously, who are Timberwolves fans, and they're excited. Um, and it's it's fun. It's a fun time to talk hoops in the summer too, you know, because you got everything is just in theory at this point. You know, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, this team's got a good setup. This team, we don't, we're questioning this move." And it's kind of cool, I think, for all the fans too to kind of play that role, um, that mock GM role, if you will, and just kind of think which lineups are going to be good with this team and whatnot. So, but definitely with the Timberwolves, definitely can sense the buzz, um, and, and good for them. You know, I'm a Minnesota kid growing up, so it's really cool for me to see too. Apologies, sincere apologies for the for the mic breaking up there in the middle with the one question. The question was pretty much, hey, are you going to be up at 11 o'clock on Friday night? Will you have the phone right by you? Are you awaiting the phone call from your agent, Sean Kennedy? Curious to see where you land. And he gave the answer. Thankfully, his answer, who cares about my question? Thankfully, his answer 
came across okay on the microphone. Again, though, I know Atlanta has a lot of interest in retaining Mike. Mike certainly has a lot of interest in staying with the Hawks, but undoubtedly a stretch four, his ability to make shots, he will have a lot of interest on Friday night. All right, here's my conversation with Wolves rookie Justin Patton. He was introduced to the media on Tuesday, had a chance to chat with him one-on-one after the Tuesday news conference. You know, Justin, let's start there. How much pride do you take in being from Omaha? I mean, certainly not a basketball hotbed in terms of producing NBA talent. I was looking at a list. I mean, Rex Walters, we have to go back a number of years. Pope, but that was like 1996. It has been a long time since the product of Omaha has made it to this point. How much pride do you take in that? Uh, it's a lot of pride, and, and they have a, people in Omaha have a lot of pride in, in myself, too, and a lot of pride in themselves just because we're, we're all one unit, and uh, it's great to come from that family of, in Omaha and everyone's behind me and watching every step of the way. So it's going to be great to uh, prove, prove everyone right there and just have, have a good uh, team behind me. The night of the draft, we talked to you on the conference call. You said you went to a Wolves exhibition game. Yeah. I mean, was it about that time that you started to dream about, hey, one day I'd like to play in the NBA? Yeah, yeah. I was all up in the Raptors uh, watching watch the game, them against the Pistons. So it was cool to watch them. And that's when I actually decided KG was my favorite player. So K- KG and KD are my two favorite players of all time. Okay, so KD is in Kevin Durant? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're two great players to watch. I try to take little things from their games just to add to mine. All right. When did playing in the NBA then go from a dream to, okay, this can be a reality? There is a realistic chance I'll one day be in the NBA. Um, really not until uh, my year after Richard and that first, the, after the Virgin Islands, I was just like, this could be, really be a possibility. And my teammates let me know, so it was good to get that confidence. I mean, how big was that redshirt year? Like, are you in this position without that redshirt year? No, definitely not. I mean, obviously, if I play like a couple more years, I'll probably be in the position. But as quick as 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 this came, it's uh, it's, it's I owe it all to the retro year just because I had to. I wouldn't be playing the same position before I retro. I was playing like a three, four position, and uh, Coach Mack wanted me to play the five position. So that whole year was really about just getting used to my body, getting bigger, and learning how to be a back to the basket five. Can you expound on the funnel cakes, the nachos, the College World Series, yeah. being at that point? And if I had told you three years ago, if I had told you when you were selling those funnel cakes and nachos, hey, three years from now you're going to be the 16th pick in the draft, would you have thought I was nuts? Yeah, I would have thought you were crazy. I would have told you that uh, I would have asked you what's in that funnel cake you're eating. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy I'm in this position, and it's happened so fast. And I haven't, I, like, everyone's asked me how I feel. I really haven't had a chance to stop and smell the roses because everything's just, is, is happening. So it's just, uh, like I told everybody, when I retire, I have a chance to look back, talk to my kids, talk to whoever whoever's around about how everything went so fast. But right now, it's just working hard and getting to it. Are you looking forward to even the next week or two just having just a moment, maybe it's at night laying in bed to smell the roses to really reflect on this journey? Yeah, when I, when I find a place to live, me and my brother and my, my family, we're all just going to sit down and talk about everything. And it's going to be great just to reflect on, reflect back on what's happened so far. Is having the family here in the Twin Cities key for you? Like, will mom, will brothers live with you here in the Twin Cities? Um, no, they're just here for the first uh, time, like the time being right now until summer league. But um, my brother, my brother, and my best friend are going to be with me just because they, if I come home after a bad game or anything, I can always, they, I can always rely on them to give me the real stuff, the lowdown, I guess. What do you know about the Twin Cities? One of your teammates at Creighton, Isaiah Zierden, yeah. but St. Margaret's. Yeah. Have you had a chance to talk to Isaiah? Yeah, I, had, yeah, I talked to him a lot. Um, I've been talking to him throughout the whole process, and also uh, Marissa Jennings from the women's basketball team is also from around these parts. So they've all invited me out for dinner. Uh, Toby Hegner's girlfriend is from out here, so he's, he's out here right now. I'm going to go have dinner with them probably tonight or something like that. So it's been good to have a good community. And being from Omaha, it's, like, it's not that far away, so you've got people who are, uh, are from around here, so I get to get uh, acclimated uh, quickly and very well. You had a few workouts. Somebody that works for a team that you worked out for told me what really stood out. I mean, they really liked you. They said it was his work ethic. Yeah. He went nonstop. Where did that work ethic come from? Like some guys will dog some of those workouts. Yeah. You didn't dog your workouts. Where did that work ethic come from? Um, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I don't, I'm a, I go, I get after it. If I'm going to step on the court, I'm going to step on the court and play hard or else I'm not going to step on the court. Um, and it's just where I'm from. Uh, everyone where I'm from is they're tough and they're, they get after it. And that's what I've been taught my whole entire life. So whenever it's time for me to shine and whenever it's time for me to go to work, I'm going to do my best. You like putting the ball on the floor, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I love it, yeah. I mean, why is that? I love I love dribbling the ball just because like you can always exploit somebody from dribbling the ball. Um, even passing the ball is another thing. When you can uh, show off your IQ or you can show off uh, any skill or anything, it feels good when when you hear the oohs and ahs or you see a teammate get excited when you uh, make a great pass when he dunks it. So it's just all the little things like that. Just it makes me really good, happy as a basketball player. 
Do you enjoy the big moment? Like when you guys were playing Villanova, you named the big game last year. I mean, are you one to say, okay, I want to perform on the biggest stage possible? Yeah, yeah, and those, there's no doubt that I'll perform on the biggest stage just because I, I'm, my, my preparation for everything I do is uh, it's second to none. So that's one thing I try to do is, especially when the lights are on and the lights are bright, I'm going to go out and I'm going to perform. What stood out about the dinner last night with Jimmy? Um, his fashion. He's a really fashionable guy. <laughs> he's a funny guy, too. I mean, real talkative? Yeah, yeah. No, he, I, he taught me a lot just in the little session we had last night, and it's going to be great to be under his wing this entire year. Even though we play two different positions, he knows the game from every single aspect, so it's going to be good to learn from him. Wolves rookie Justin Patton. He will be on the Vegas Summer League team. Speaking of that Summer League team, Matt Janning had a chance to play for that Summer League team. Buzz is. He's looking for more of a guarantee. So it doesn't look like Matt Janning of Watertown will play for the Wolves, but they are in the process of filling out that roster. Deontay Burton of Iowa State, others on that summer league roster. Some guys will definitely have a chance to impress the Wolves. If they don't end up with the Wolves, they can end up with the G League team in Des Moines. Speaking of Des Moines, you would think Justin Patton will land there at some point, not early on. The Wolves want Justin around early to learn from Tibbs, training camp early in the regular season, but maybe you know, late December, January, it is almost a near lock that Justin will spend some time in the G League. Vinepark.com, Vine Park Brewery brings you the Scoop Podcast right off of West 7th Street in downtown St. Paul on Twitter at Vine underscore Park underscore Brew. Vine Park is the only brewery in the Midwest where you can brew your own beer and make your own wine on Vine Park's equipment with Vine Park's help. Vine Park has been the fun place to brew your own beer and make your own wines since 1995. They have brew party nights all summer. Here's the phone number to reserve your spot. 651-228-1355. Again, 651-228-1355. The website, vinepark.com. Without Vine Park, the Scoop Podcast does not exist. If you need more Wolves Fix, you can always check out Scoop Podcast episode 81. Wolves owner Glenn Taylor was on. We talked a lot about free agency. He gave an injury update on Nemanja Bialica. We talked all sorts of things non-Jimmy Butler related. Certainly some Jimmy Butler stuff. But Glenn Taylor is fantastic. Love access to the owner. And he answers your questions. He doesn't tap dance around questions. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 82 again. Free agency is so fluid. Check the Twitter feed. I'll be on 1500 ESPN Friday morning at 1015. Certainly news will break after 11 o'clock on Friday night, so check the Twitter feed. And who knows, my Facebook, wherever else, who knows, maybe I'll be summoned in to Channel 5 at some point over the weekend. We will play it by ear, but I fully expect the Wolves to go big game hunting. I fully expect the Wolves to be incredibly active as of 1101 Central on Friday night. Thanks for checking out Scoop Podcast episode 82.